0: Another fun episode of the best of all possible podcasts. <laughs> I'm your host, Robert Weathers, and as you know, we here at Panglossian Productions in Williamsburg, Virginia, have a love for the weird. We love the unproduced and underproduced, and we sure do love 10-minute plays. And if you had subscribed to us here at the Best of All Possible podcast, you'll get a brand new 10-minute play every two weeks here in 2019. But it's not just me here. Uh, We have a pool of talented actors who come in and read plays with us, and we have visiting here with us tonight once again... Mr. Josie Arco. Hi, Joe. (laughs) Joe's looking at his watch because he's got to get home to get to his stories. True. What what are you looking forward to getting home to, Joe? (laughs) Uh, Fantastic
1: storytelling, Robert.
0: uh, What?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I didn't think you were going. I'm not. I'm just here as as a. an audience member, so I did not think I was going to be called first for this. Oh, I'm, you're
0: right. You're not reading this, are you? No, no. That's, well, I was very shocked. He's
2: an audience voice.
0: That's true. You're the voice, you're the voice of, the of the people, Joe. That's right. Do you want to restart this? No, I don't. <laughs> we only did that one time, except uh, we did it like six times that one time.
2: This is, a, this is a cold conversation. That's right, Joe. Cold
0: conversation podcast. So you better just deal with it, Damn. all right? All right, nobody clap for Joe. Hey, Liz, welcome. Yay. Liz Thomas sorry. is back. Hello. Liz, what are you looking forward to doing when you get home?
3: Probably sleep. Sleeping. <laughs> what? I
0: thought you were going to say watching your stories, oh, petting watching, your cat. Wait,
3: I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Can we, taking pictures again. of your ask cat. Ask me again. Ask sh- me again. <laughs> oh Liz, ask what, me again. Liz. <laughs> yes.
0: What are you looking forward to doing when you get home?
3: Watching my stories and taking pictures of my cat.
0: Thank you. You hear that noise? you Hang on, I want you to listen. That's everyone at home laughing, Liz. Yay! Laughing. I
3: knew they would. Thank you, everyone at home. I love you.
0: What? I don't even get paid for this, y'all. <laughs> True. And it's still too much. And Wow. <laughs> no. And welcome to also Ed Whitaker. Ed! <clears throat> if anybody at this table can pull this out of the drudging conversation that it is that you, Ed. Say oh something hilarious. No
2: pressure there. <laughs> I'm not going home to watch stories how's that I don't have TV coming into my house so you know just don't want any TV
0: God man, this is great. All right. not drudge. Well, that's good because you know what? We're here to read a play here tonight. A oh! play called Brain Circus by Aaron Aronson. As Joe already pointed out, he's not gonna be reading this play, but he will be jumping in on the conversation. Now, this is a cold read for those of you listening at home. The actors have the actors who were not Joe um, have not laid eyes upon this play before. As a matter of fact. They don't even know what roles they're going to play. Although, by the name of the roles, they probably can figure it out. Ed, if you would be so kind as to read the part of the man. And Liz, if you would be so kind as to read the part of the doctor. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I will be reading the stage directions for you. So, without any further ado, Brain Circus by Aaron Aronson. The setting is a doctor's examination room. Just a typical examination room. Nothing noteworthy. At rise, the man sits in the examination room, a walker in front of him. He sits with his forearms crossed over the top of the walker and is anxiously looking around. After a short while, the doctor enters the room. The man removes his arms from atop the walker, grips the handles with each hand.
2: Good. I'm glad you're here. So then, did the test results reveal anything? Do you know what's wrong with me?
3: Well... We did find something on your MRI.
2: Really? What is it?
3: Well, it would appear that the toxic amoeba that was in your brain was eaten by the worms in your brain.
2: There was a toxic amoeba in my brain?
3: Yes, there was, but it's gone now after the worms ate it.
2: Um, is that a good thing or a a bad thing?
3: Actually, quite good. For you see, the amoeba was a very toxically virulent sort, whereas the worms that ate it are a very rare type, which provide quite beneficial and restorative qualities.
0: The man removes his hands from the walker, making a questioning,
2: uncertain gesture. So then I'll get better, you're saying, now that the amoeba's gone?
3: Uh, Actually, sorry, no. Uh, For you see, the worms that ate the amoeba were then overcome by essentially... Eaten by a toxic mold within your brain, and the toxic mold is actually considerably more toxically virulent than the amoeba was.
2: So then that's bad. It
3: gets worse.
2: Please do tell.
3: Well, the toxic mold that ate the worms was then itself eaten by a giant salamander, and the giant salamander is actually filled with the most deadly brain toxin that we know of.
2: I'm assuming that is worse.
3: The great unknown makes it even worse than that.
2: The great unknown. What? That I'm going to die?
3: Um, no. By the great unknown, I am referring to the unknown, virulently toxic entity that then ate the salamander. <laughs> we have absolutely no clue what it in fact is, and it has never before been detected by medical technology. What we do know is that it's quite large, and its level of toxicity makes the giant salamander's level of toxicity look like it was the beneficial worms that ate the original amoeba.
2: There certainly are a hell of a lot of things squirming around in my brain eating each other.
3: Yes. Yes.
2: The doctor shakes his her head dejectedly.
3: Oh, how much better things would be if we could just go back to that original amoeba.
2: I've thought the very same thing in life. Did the MRI show anything else?
3: Well, there was also... We detected this monstrous, gaping chasm filled with screaming, shrieking people who were on fire while uh, large teeth from the (laughs) chasm uh, continuously uh, crunched down (laughs) on them. Yes. Um, Excuse me. But
2: this was a repeat MRI, just in case there was anything my previous doctors didn't see.
3: Well, they must have missed it
2: uh how could how would that be possible
3: your previous doctors were dr Blesher and his sister right
2: yes Ah, uh,
3: uplifting story why they were both able to persevere and make it through med school even though they were both each born completely blind did you know
2: Actually, no. I did not know that, but I guess I'm not surprised. You sure they should be reading MRIs, then?
3: Probably just the technician made a mistake translating them into Braille. They have M.D. after their name, so you know they know what they're doing.
2: Um, or you know that they're from Maryland, because if that were the case, it would instill them with about as much medical knowledge as they appear to possess.
3: Funny you should say that. They actually are originally from Maryland.
2: Um... Okay. The man shakes his head. Well, let's say for the sake of argument that the various things, eating things, could have been missed. Giving the benefit of the doubt here, because most of them were in fact eaten, I really think it's a bit of a stretch to say they know what they're doing if they missed the giant, gaping chasm filled with screaming people.
3: Well, you see, they're actually both very positive, optimistic, good-spirited people, so they probably just chose to interpret it as a sunny meadow with rainbows and llamas. Um...
2: I'm not entirely sure MRI reading and interpretation should be done that way.
3: Yes. Well, you, of course, are not a doctor, so it is always best to trust the professionals, for I assure you that if you have MD after your name, you always know what you are doing.
2: Um, even when the professionals are blind and when reading my MRIs... uh, Let me rephrase that. Even when the professionals are blind and when reading my MRIs are seeing llamas... uh, Wait, there isn't actually a llama in my brain running around eating anything, is there?
3: (laughs) don't be silly. Why, a llama is rather large. When it saw the various organisms in your brain, it got scared because they were so small and it ran off. Sort of like an elephant seeing a mouse.
2: Please don't tell me there's an elephant in my brain. Oh
3: no, no, no! Of course not. Your brain's leanings would make it inhospitable terrain for an elephant. It's more potentially hospitable territory for, say, a donkey. You're
2: not telling me there's a donkey in my brain?
3: No, no. Don't get alarmed. Don't get
2: alarmed. Do you say? No,
3: no. You see, it turns out your brain really wasn't a good place for the donkey either. So when the llama got scared and ran off, the donkey went with it. And you know, also for camaraderie, donkeys and llamas being so similar and all. So
2: then you're telling me there was a donkey and a llama in my brain, but the llama got scared and ran off with the donkey, left too. So, uh, and the donkey, yes, the donkey left two, so that it could show camaraderie with the llama? Exactly. And just to be sure, you're telling me there is not an elephant in my brain.
3: No, no elephant, I assure you. But there is a mouse.
2: There's a mouse in my brain? Indeed. Question. How exactly did these things get in my brain in the first place? The doctor stares ahead with his, hands on his, with his hand on his chin and a contemplative look on her face. Excuse
0: me.
3: Well, mm-hmm. you see, the brain is actually, well, really... Uh, Mystery. (laughs) We know very little about the human brain.
2: Apparently less than you even thought.
3: It's starting to seem that way. But we really, in truth, don't know anything about the brain, so I really have absolutely no idea.
2: Are there other things in my brain? Things that weren't eaten?
3: Actually, there are many other things still left.
2: So what exactly is going to happen with all the things in my brain?
3: Well, none of them get along well with the others, so in time they'll all just eat each other.
2: The
0: man's face takes a concerned look. I hope they don't eat the mouse.
3: Oh, no, 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 not to worry. Why, the mouse is actually the most virulent and vicious of them all, and it's guaranteed to be the last one standing. Devouring whatever of them are left in a homicidal frenzy, then feasting on your brain, thinking it's a large piece of cheese.
2: After slaughtering all the other things, the various things, in my head, the mouse is going to start eating my brain because it mistook it for
3: cheese, you're saying? Indeed, that is exactly what will happen. So, as I said, you have nothing to worry about regarding the mouse.
2: Um, well, uh, I'm glad the mouse won't actually get eaten and um, will be the last one left, even though it sounds like it's a psychopathic serial killer. But as for the then-feasting-on-my-brain thing... You think if you tell the mouse I hate football and I'm not a Packers fan, it won't do that?
3: I doubt it. You see, the mouse is from Minnesota. Huge Vikings fan, and, well, he won't believe me.
2: So it is your contention that you know absolutely nothing about the human brain, but also know there is a mouse in my brain from Minnesota?
3: Yes, but, well... You see, that really isn't knowing anything about your brain or how it works, that's really knowing about the mouth.
2: So then all the things eating other things in my brain, the chasm of shrieking people, So that all explains all my symptoms?
3: Actually, no. It's entirely unrelated.
2: Entirely unrelated. So then you're saying all the things eating things which were eating other things and scaring llamas and the chasm of shrieking people and the mighty monster maniac mouse from Minnesota doesn't actually explain any of my symptoms? Not a one. So then what is causing my symptoms?
3: To be perfectly honest, I have absolutely no idea. As said, the brain is a mystery. Um,
2: so then tell me. Is there any way for you to find out What is?
3: Yes. Actually, I do have another test in mind.
2: And after that, you'll have
3: the answers? Absolutely. So then you'll
2: actually know what's wrong with me?
3: Yes, yes. Just as soon as I run the test. Don't worry.
2: And so then I'll actually find out what it is that's wrong with me?
3: Yes, yes. We'll find out after the autopsy.
2: Man shrugs. Well, at least then I'll know. At least that will be something blackout
0: the end <laughs> wow <laughs> there was an old lady who swallowed a fly no, what I, I don't know why she swallowed a fly <laughs> hmm. well alright everybody so now we're going to enter into the portion of the show where we have a brief discussion about the play that we just read so I'm going to start with you Liz Liz I want to start with the question about your first impressions. So uh, what are your first impressions about this play? It can be as simple as I liked it, I didn't like it. Uh, Anything that stood out to you, uh, Madam Doctor, what do you have to say?
3: feel a little conflicted uh, not being a Packers fan when I am actually a cheese head. So uh, I'm just working through that this right now. This is true. She's got big problems I with the script. Huge, I am a shareholder. I have a moral responsibility. now. Um, it, I it, oh, I know. Whoa, I know. Would you like me to tell you in great detail the story of how I became well, a shareholder? Well, are going to do it, do it now.
0: So everybody has to listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoy your Packers podcast, Robert. <laughs>
1: Thanks.
3: It's very, Thanks, Um, Chris. I know you all were. remote reminded by there wasn't only the swallow fly um, i was very much reminded about like s- for some reason Ionesco that sort of uh, uh-huh. absurd wonderful ridiculousness of life just popped in my brain
0: that we're not really saying anything and nothing is actually hey. really happening exactly right. well if you're
3: saying you're not a packers fan that really is not saying anything you know uh, here we go again <laughs> what <laughs> you know this when you hired me robert it's- yeah. um <laughs> we'll
0: hire you. Please, please come read, Liz. I really need you to. We'll have, exactly. So. <laughs> All right, so um, that's... No, but
3: yeah, Ionesco just popped into my brain. Great. And Aaron Rodgers. Go ahead.
0: Uh, Ed, please, save me. <laughs> Ed, if anybody can pull us out of the drudgery of this oh. conversation. Boy. <laughs> <laughs> what
2: are your first impressions, Ed? Yes. I, well, as when I was going along, my, my initial impressions as I was reading it is that I really wish... We could put on some British accents and make this a Money oh Python God. thing. Can we
3: do it
2: again? Because you know, it felt kind of Money Python-ish to me, where I'm mean, you know, I'm hearing like you know, uh-huh. John Cleese and huh. Michael Palin back a and forth in this. But you know, I had to say it, it was it was fun to read, but I, I wish we could read it again because there would be so many things I would do differently in terms of you know how incredulous is the man and how much is he buying. I I found myself going what is the man going along with this or is he incredible I couldn't decide how to play it yeah. you know, how to, how to how to feel it and so it
3: does feel like it a dead carrot should be in the background
2: yeah kind yeah. of you know or yeah. the bookshop you know and yeah. and uh, you,
3: uh, awesome.
2: you have this book you have this book know, it's just so it's it felt that way to me so it was fun for that reason and just very very silly i kind of agree with the silliness for silly's sake is uh-huh. is fun
0: yeah i think silliness for sillies so in his sake is a good way to describe it Joe what are your first impressions
2: I, I
1: um agree with Ed I y- you kind of have to wonder of who the straight man is for this yeah. and, and there doesn't uh-huh. have to be one internally by any means it we it can be us the audience but I think that that decision needs to be made with a piece like this where um again I I support ideas of Death of the Author when it comes to, uh, you know, interpreting plays or or novels or anything of that nature. But I would be a little bit curious as to, you know, when they were writing it, did they – where did they see the old man on this? Is he – Absolutely flabbergasted by everything's being said, or is he kind of nonplussed about it because it's it's two very different reads? Um, and even without asking the author, I think reading it a few times this way, reading it a few times that way, might uh, yield some results that just the first time through. Just the ridiculousness of some of these things, as you were saying them, as I was hearing them, mm-hmm. it, it was just wrapping your brain around that. Let alone the the best execution. Yeah. Oh, Liz, please.
3: Well, I mean, I kind of going off of. Uh, what Ed was saying. I mean, it does feel though, especially at the end. I love, I love the ending line of, well, at least then I'll know. At least that will be something, and then just black out. It does feel very Monty Python esque, and mm-hmm. that you have to be super intelligent to be that dumb. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, <laughs> you you look at Monty Python; it's so absolutely ridiculous because they know exactly what they're doing, which is the brilliance of it. And so this this idea of, um, you know. The, the absolute absurdity of life and, you know, we're so wrapped up in what's going on with ourselves. And then, but the ideas too, of, of being affected by ridiculous I mean, there's, there's, and then overthinking the ridiculousness. I, no, I don't know, but it's, well, I, it's I, very,
0: I, I, it, I, I, I there's
3: a lot of layers to I, it. I agree like.
0: actually where, with, with what y'all are saying. And as far as this being similar to Monty Python, now that you say that in reading this again, uh, I can very much picture the doctor, doctor being, they're both silly characters, right? But Take the doctor being way. the straight, or the doctor being, uh, not the straight, but the doctor being the silly one and the man being straight. Genuinely concerned about his health, but he's a silly character. So mm-hmm. if the man... Oh,
3: if,
0: right, well, I'm, what, what I'm getting at is I think that if you were to change... So, Ed, if we were to read this again and you were to read it in the Monty Python Lady Cockney voice, hmm. you know... There. right yeah. voice that that voice i think that uh that it would really crank things up for this um sure well and i think i think that there's also a humor in if the peanut gallery is mocking <laughs>
1: <laughs> if the doctor was even the the straight man delivering all of this and the energy and and reaction of the man uh kept ratcheting up and up and whereas you have not quite a monotone but a very level mm-hmm. I don't see what the problem is it's only a gaping chasm
2: of human souls scree- screaming out at you
3: you know mm-hmm. that yes. kind of yes.
2: well you know I, I don't know if Monty Python would have ever done this but this would be one that could be done several times in a row with just those different takes on each of the characters you know making one the straight one the, the foil yeah. you know one um, and of course in all of this you know each character has to be taking him or herself very seriously. Yeah, I know, think so. Yeah. And and uh, But if you did different flavors with it, you know, it might be fun to put it back to back just for that sake.
1: So. Uh, I was thinking along the lines of uh, David Ives, the variations on the death of Trotsky. I yes. don't know if any of you are oh, familiar yeah. with that, but that was one of those short plays that I absolutely loved. And part of it was fun to go back through because it builds well in the play in and of itself. But if you could say, go through it about three times and finally by the third, fourth time, we see Again, the, the gaping chasm of, of souls screaming out. I think there's some mm-hmm. real fun build even in that. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. I would love to see Jane Curtin do this show. Mm-hmm. Speaking of straight woman. But yeah, um, the greatest straight woman
2: mm-hmm. in
3: my opinion. But I think too that um, I, I don't I do I <laughs> I don't know about y'all. I do would like to know if Mr. Aronson was watching either the dead parrot sketch or speaking of llamas, uh, perhaps Holy Grail and Ralph the Wonder Llama. You know, I
2: um, or was he? You know, interested or, in Hieronymus Bosch. You there know? you go. Uh, but I,
3: but I think too, it's I love plays like this that just are so absolutely. They're rooted in a natural setting but the circumstances are so absolutely absurd because sometimes I think it's good for us as human beings to step back and watch us be absolutely ridiculous because it reminds us that you know if somebody was watching I mean we do absolutely ridiculous things and take ourselves very seriously while doing it and I think Plays like this are just lovely little reminders of that fact. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, we have a love for the weird. <laughs> thank you, Robert. That's definitely true. You're welcome for close. that segue, Weatherly. <laughs> all right. So, y'all, thank you so much for your commentary and for reading. I want to make sure that we thank Aaron Aronson for his play, Brain Circus. And I want to thank Liz Thomas and Ed Whitaker and commentator Josie Arco. Thank you very much for coming, guys. And let's make sure we thank the sound techs who shall not be named. Thank you very much for all your hard work. If you enjoyed what you heard, make sure you hit that subscribe button. You'll get a brand new play from us every two weeks in 2019. Also, you can follow us on the Best of All Possible podcast on Facebook. And you can also follow Panglossian Productions on Facebook at Panglossian Productions. If you're interested in what we're doing for our stage uh, stage program, main stage programs, that's the word. (laughs) uh, Main stage programs, make sure that you visit us at www.panglossian.org. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Have a great night. Bye-bye.